Hello and welcome to this special wedding edition of the Time Filler Podcast. I am your host, Phil Emmerich. I want to give a little heads up to everyone that this episode is going to deviate a little bit from the normal content of Wisconsin sports that we talk about here on the Time Filler, as I would like to spend some time rehashing the wedding from almost two weeks ago now, as a lot of the Time Filler listeners were there. I want to thank everybody right away at the beginning of the show for coming and making the day special, and I want to thank, um, big, or I guess give a big shout out to my wife now, Bailey. I'm pretty happy with how everything went, and I wanted to give a little bit of a recap here on the show and get a couple of different opinions from some various guests that were there. Some housekeeping items, you can listen to the Time Filler podcast on either the Anchor app or on Spotify. I believe it is coming soon to Apple Podcast services, but thus far I have not been notified that it has been cleared for that platform yet. The one perk of listening on the Anchor app is that there are some additional musical interludes in between some of the segments that some people might enjoy. So if you would like to get that, make sure to use the Anchor app. And just to let everybody know that um, we will get back to the normal sports-themed bar type of talk content next week. Um, I will give a little bit of a recap on the Packers' recent victory over the Detroit Lions, but aside from that, everything's going to be pretty much wedding-related. Joining me today on the Time Filler Podcast, we have my best man from the wedding, Patrick Grubish, has been a uh, recent... He's taken a big step in terms of really helping to produce this podcast and getting me different outlines and different topics and stuff to talk about and help to kind of clean up some things. So I not only want to thank him for being a fantastic best man, but also for becoming the recent producer, executive producer, at least of the time filler. And then we also have a very frequent friend of the show and a great friend of mine, Nate, the great Verhagen, who's going to be joining me later on in the show. So thank you and enjoy the pod. To get things started here, I think we're just going to kind of run through the timeline of events uh, for the wedding weekend. I'm joined by Patrick Grubish, who is my best man, and I just want to thank you for coming today, Patrick. Thanks for having me. Um, so I guess we'll start off with Thursday, Friday, the prep days a little bit. Um, you had the flight and then the dinner with family, and then you showed up. Um, what were you expecting going into the prep and was it end up being what you had expected? Um, you know, I didn't have a lot of expectations. I was just kind of planning on being there to help out where I could. Um, obviously with the travel kind of, you know, had to get in early because I didn't want to risk a Friday morning flight or something and have, uh, any delays or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't surprised by any means by how planned out you guys had everything, which I think made all the difference on Friday, um, especially, but yeah. also on Saturday to, to make sure things just kept moving along. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Um, for Bailey and I, I think the schedule was just more of like a running list of, okay, we need to do X, Y, and Z. And to me, it was more about organizing the chaos and giving everybody somewhere to go back to rather than like a time-wise schedule because a lot of the stuff we had planned for Friday we actually got done Thursday 
Right. Yeah. Um, no. And and I would say for this the same note for Saturday with building in flexibility and just saying, hey, here's our our boxes we need checked off. Here's kind of the, the time we think they'll happen. But being able to have some sort of plan makes it a lot easier when things go wrong, which they inevitably will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we definitely had that on Friday with the uh, the reception venue being booked until late afternoon and that really threw everyone off but I think we managed pretty well yeah no it was it was I think the hardest part was everyone was a little on edge just because of <laughs> you know it's a big weekend and yeah <laughs> killing 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 an hour or two when you're when you're a little antsy is a lot different than killing an hour or two on you know on a Saturday before right you know you like go you out go hit the driving range for a couple hours and just kind of unwind your you're waiting for the gun to go off to get going and so it's, it's definitely antsy exactly and it was kind of funny is that when i when we were going through the planning for the wedding and whatnot for bailey and i you know we always imagined it in our heads but it's kind of hard to imagine your own wedding it's almost surreal when it's happening and for us it never really set in until we actually got to the church and we're up on the altar um but before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about Saturday morning. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, from our perspective, the guys, of course, are getting ready separate from the women. The plan was at about 10.30, we were all going to do the first look, meet up, and take a bunch of pictures. Um, but you kind of saw firsthand that didn't happen, and you saw a groom falling apart pretty quickly on Saturday morning. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit. I think you, you handled it well. I think it's just, a, it just comes down to, to guys versus girls. I mean, they, you know, we were up at 6, 6.30 to send them off. And then, you know, it doesn't take three and a half hours to shower and put on a tux. You know, oh, even no. with breakfast that we had as a group, the, the timelines just aren't, aren't equal. Yeah, I mean, the women would have had to have been getting ready at 6 instead of getting ready at seven for everything to have lined up any better than that so right I mean like you said we could have we could have probably actually gotten ready at about 9 45 and we would have met up with them having started at seven. <laughs> oh, absolutely yeah when we when we had breakfast at eight I mean we could have that could have been the alarm to wake up for everyone and then you know breakfast at nine and then meet after that and be still ahead of the game yeah yeah and then i mean everything else with the wedding though in terms of once we actually got the ball rolling i think it went really well um we had the usual couple ups in the ceremony but i think everybody kind of has you know a word slip up or something like that and a lot of the stuff i bet not a lot of the audience even noticed it was mostly just bailey and i because we kind of knew what the order was i'm curious what you all saw that went off script from the wedding versus what i kind of saw um well you know, there was the, the little the handoff thing, which again, I think just coming from the rehearsal and, you know, you kind of think it's supposed to be one way, but it really doesn't need to be this rigid, right. you know, robots moving around. And personally, I think those kind of things are, are cute and they make a wedding more endearing than if everything goes off perfectly. You know? Oh, definitely. I know Bailey had the little slip up where she said her name <laughs> instead of your name. Yeah, on the mouth, but again, that's cute. Yeah, the priest—you should have. The priest was waiting for her to like restate it, 
um, because she she said Bailey and then corrected and said Philip, and then he made her say Philip again, and she was just she, she probably wishes she was an aunt at that moment. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, no. But I again, I, I thought it went really well. I mean, it was it was Catholic mass, so pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah. Everybody sit, stand, kneel. The Catholic calisthenics. <laughs> Exactly. So, uh, no, I, I think that part went well. And then, you know, we had the, the reception line after. That was that was good for everyone that moved along quick. Oh, yeah. I thought oh, the, yeah. the pictures outside, I'm, I'm really excited to see how those turn out because I think that those are really cool. Yeah, I, I think that it's amazing how we basically only had the church to deal with for a lot of it, but yet we were able mm-hmm. to get three very distinct backgrounds for pictures. And I'm, I'm really excited to see how that turns out. Right. Well, and, and I'll be curious because I think I know, you know, rain, whatever, if you want it or don't want it on your wedding day. But I think the kind of the light mist we had will, will and the umbrellas are, are going to make some unique photos that other people, you know, on a bright, sunny day obviously won't have. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to see that. And then we get to the hotel ready for the reception. We'll Whoa, you're going to skip the white pig? Wow, we can talk about the pig if we want, but... <laughs> That's better for time filler after dark. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, um, but yeah, the bar hopping on the way up went pretty well. I don't think that anybody had more than they needed to drink, um, and just came to the reception happy, but also relatively sober. <laughs> Absolutely, no. The main reason I wanted to bring it up was I think two things. One, it kind of helped take a little load off everyone's shoulders. I think everyone was pretty tense, and you know that's the the rigid big important part of the day is the actual ceremony and to, to have a couple on the way over to the hotel was was a real stress reliever and kind of got everyone in a much more you know comfortable mood and then the other thing is I'll just go back to the scheduling you know you had built-in time so that because we were running late in the morning we still had time to go to Phoenix Park when we got back to Eau Claire and take more pictures because you guys had such a, a well-planned schedule yeah it, it really is amazing how much the nerves fall off as the day goes on like for me it really hit a peak right before i saw bailey but then even after the first look and as we're getting to the church you still have the nerves of okay what you know what are my lines where do i need to walk how is everybody gonna perceive the day and then once the ceremony was over and we got through pictures it was like like when brian takes his backpack off at college you know you just you just feel yourself getting lighter um and really then yeah the, the evening got started and you're right the built-in cushion time that we had really came in well you know we didn't have to stress about getting various pictures in because we had the time exactly yeah but then we still came into the reception about 20 minutes behind um and we did the the walkouts i have to say nick and sam really kicked it off well with their skippy doodah <laughs> Yeah, I was not expecting that, but very good. Yeah, that was very good. And then I think everybody's dances went pretty well. I, I really got a kick out of yours and Jensen's. Um, I really thought that Brian's and Mackenzie's was really good. Just overall, everybody kept it classy, kept it fun, and kept it short. There wasn't anybody that took more time than they needed. Yeah, well, and I think all the more impressive since most of us planned them either the night before or in the lobby before we walked in. As we're standing so, in line, yes. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that was really good. And then dinner was great. The funny thing is, I was expecting to be just 
ravished for dinner because I had only eaten breakfast that day and I didn't eat anything for lunch. But even at dinner, just with all the excitement, I still wasn't really that hungry and I really only had a few bites. Um, they, they say you don't have time to eat during your wedding. I had time, I just didn't have the will. <laughs> <laughs> well, first time for everything. Yeah, well, that, that is probably the first time I've turned down food. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, the rest, I mean, the rest of the night went really well. You know, we didn't have too many incidents on the dance floor or around it, I don't think. Um, so I had a lot of fun with everybody, and I guess I just want to take this to thank the 10 or 15 people that are pretty religious time filler listeners. Just thank you guys for making it a really special night. Agreed. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, Saturday got done. <laughs> Bailey fell asleep within eight seconds of us going for a couple sandwiches. <laughs> we have to tell that story because that is the fastest I have ever seen anyone fall asleep in my life. Okay, sure. So let's so let's just kind of walk it back. We dance gets done midnight. Everybody's like, let's go downtown, right? So we head upstairs, kind of change shoes and do whatever else everybody's gonna do. We're gonna meet downstairs, and we get down there, and Bailey and I are just calves. She's barely holding on to being awake when we were in the lobby just with the exhaustion of the day more than anything else um we even punted on ordering pizza isn't that right <laughs> yeah it was it was very much we want pizza Ooh, that seems like a long time to wait for food so we uh yeah we had those ham and turkey sandwiches that you and i made the day before it's kind of we were had food on the bus um between the ceremony and the reception and uh, yeah, so I went and grabbed those from my room, got into to your room. I think Bailey had already thrown on PJs or whatever. Yep. And uh, yeah. I, I asked her if she wanted anything. She said no. I went to you. We went and pulled one out of the bag, turned around, out cold. Yeah, I, she was absolutely gone. And it was 10 seconds or less between us asking her if she wanted a sandwich, between us getting a sandwich and coming back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it just goes to show how much a day where 350 people are saying hello, congratulations, asking you about it, talking to you, finally ending in just complete exhaustion by the end of the night. Oh, ab- absolutely. I mean, an 18-hour day on on its own, if you're just up that, you know, on a normal day is, is a long day, let alone the kind of, you know, activities and stress involved in a wedding. Right. And so it was really good for us on Sunday to just unwind, just gift opening, watch my fantasy teams kick the hell out of whoever else I was playing that week, and just relax and enjoy the day. Thanks to you for putting Bailey and I up in a hotel for the night before we flew up for the honeymoon. That was really helpful. I wasn't getting up at 3 a.m. to drive over from Mondovi. That's <laughs> true. We got our sausage burritos, so that, that was definitely important on the way out. Oh, yeah. Classic. Um, and then, yeah, so then I guess I can just talk about the honeymoon for a little while for people that you know, may or may not have seen the pictures on Facebook if uh, everybody wants to hear that. If you don't, you can skip through this part, but I think it's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So Bailey and I, you know, we fly out of Minneapolis at around 9 in the morning. We were at the hotel by about 4.30. And then and that's actually, you know, losing an hour gaining an hour however you want to say it going to an eastern time zone so it really was like 3 30 basically and it just it amazes me how quickly you can go from 
1500 miles away to having checked into a hotel and have a mimosa in hand as you're staring out at the ocean by the end of the day it's just travel is just bad <laughs> then again this is 2019 who didn't fly out a plane until he was 22 <laughs> Right, and I'm on the flip side where I did nine flights in the last six weeks, so planes aren't all that cool anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you've been uh, you've been overblown with the planes. Exactly. Yeah. So we had a really fun time. The uh, resort that we were at is the Ryu um, on Paradise Island. It's a chain of resorts that are all all inclusive with all you can eat, all you can drink, really fancy dinners at night. Bailey and I sat down and had some sushi together for the first time, and that was good enough that we actually went back to the same restaurant two more times when we were there. Um, some of the other highlights, we swam with dolphins. And when I say swim, I mean you get to hug them, you get to kiss them, you get to dance with them. It's basically like a date with a dolphin more than it is swimming. And I have to say, it is amazing how well those animals are trained. I would rather have a dolphin as a pet than any other animal in terms of interacting with it. it I don't know. Have you ever been like with dolphins though? I have not, but is, correct me if I'm wrong. Aren't they the like the second smartest animal, but behind humans? It's something crazy like that. I mean, that dolphin, like, how do you train an animal to open its mouth and let probably over the course of its life thousands of people put their hand in their in their mouth, little kids, you know, all of this stuff, and just sit there and take it? It it's amazing. It's basically like having an old like German Shepherd dog in terms of gentleness with like the energetic of a newborn lab. It, and it's in the water and it's a huge animal. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. So if you ever get the chance to interact with a dolphin, I'd highly recommend it. Um, cool. Then everything else, I mean, we went to the Bahamas in the rainy season and I guess, you know, you can't judge how the weather is going to be based on predictions because it was supposed to rain nearly every day and I think only two out of the seven days we were there did it even rain and only once was it actually during the day so we actually hit a great string of good weather um but yeah we really enjoyed it we got back on Monday and it took us a full day yesterday to restart our lives after having put it on pause for two weeks (laughs) um but that was about it I mean that was the honeymoon that was the wedding Again, thank you to everybody. Thank you to you, Patrick, for not only being my best man, but a personal attendant for Bailey. (laughs) And yeah, thanks again to everybody. Yeah. Big thanks to Patrick for joining me for that last segment. It was really fun to go back and recap some of the wedding weekend happenings. And I felt memories that I'm going to hold on to for a long time. And so it is time again for the hot takes portion of our episode. And joining me this week for hot takes is Nate the Great Verhagen. Nate, say hi to the people. Party people. Good seeing you this weekend. Yeah, thanks for thanks for making it. Yeah, it was, it was a good time. You really ripped up that dance floor up there pretty good. I did. I did. And, and that's that was the kind of energy that that we needed definitely uh, going in going into the big party uh, pants were dropped at in, pants. Hot, in hot in here or, yeah <laughs> it was hot in here yeah. yeah the underwear dance that was good that's always the biggest 
hit for people who have never seen it before. And this was your first wedding, correct? It, it was my first wedding. So hot, hot takes will be flowing. 10 out of 10 would go again? <laughs> oh, 100%, 100%. Good, good. Yeah, so like I said, it's a, a special edition, though, of the hot takes this week. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this is the segment that'll give your ears heartburn. That's uh, from the producer, Patrick Grubish. I like that line. That's going to be how we introduce it. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Physiologically, I don't even know how that's possible. Rub a little thumbs on it, man, because it's about to get spicy. All right, so we have three tiers on the hot take segment here at the Time Filler. Tier one is barbecue. Mm -hmm. Softest, sweetest take you have. Sweet. Take two is buffalo. Again, we're heating it up a little bit, adding a little bit of extra spice to it. And then the third tier is habanero so mm-hmm. your hottest spiciest take so i'm gonna i'm gonna let you take the stage for the first barbecue take first of barbecue this episode take. what what do you have for your wedding hot take first barbecue take is uh your dad is a white slightly older usher he sings, oh, wow. he, he sings <laughs> and he dances like none other i was i was impressed i don't he know on a good show didn't he he really did yeah I, yeah so you don't know this but some of the time filler listeners will my dad was the MC for all the football games that I had growing up, like when you know for like high school and stuff. Yeah. Yep. And the song that he danced to with me and my brother, that goofy country song. Yeah, yeah, that one rocked. He at the end of every third quarter. So you know how the Badgers do the jump around at the end of the third quarter, right? So that song, Man of Consensaro, would play at the end of the third quarter for the Buffalo games. Uh, he would get dressed up in the goofiest outfit and come down out of the booth and dance with everybody in the crowd un- every week. Unreal. So unreal. Just, that was just a little... Those games must have been incredible. Oh, those games were great. Yeah. Hey, shout out to the... First, shout out to the 2010 undefeated Mondovi Buffalo squad. A couple time filler listeners were on that. Roll Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> this year, Buffalo's are 8-0. Looking for another conference title. Oh, baby. So shout out to them. Shout out the alma mater. I love it. Yeah. So my barbecue hot take of the week is a pretty simple one. There's nothing that can go more wrong on your wedding day than an empty dance floor. Wow. That Because here's the thing. It, it rained all day for ours, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. People always talk about, oh, I hope it's not raining on my wedding day. You could forget the rings. You could do... Just about anything could screw up, but if at the end of the night, you don't have anyone out there celebrating with you, right. that would be the worst thing to go wrong on your wedding day. I mean, you want people to be involved in the wedding. And exactly. That's, that's, that's the one, you that's can really judge moment. a wedding based exactly. on, a, on a dance. Exactly. I know, and the one, one thing you harped on with me was like, when do not let the dance floor go empty. It cannot be empty. Exactly. So I was I was really bringing it all night. You did. You kept the glasses full yep. and the dance floor full. That, it was great. That was the key, hundred percent. And you know, I love these takes from you because they're, it's an interesting perspective. You know, for those people who haven't been married out right. there, they're gonna little, get a little bit right. of a right. different feel because as a spectator, you know, like I have a certain takes, and then as the actual main event, you probably have some very different takes. So all the unmarried time filler listeners out there, yeah. take notes. These are the important take, things. I'm taking notes. That was awesome. All right. So the, so the Buffalo take of the week for Nate here. Let's mm. hear it. So I've been thinking, I, I, I could be clairvoyant. Okay. Um, so, you know, everyone is doing those toasts. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw a face licking. That was that was pretty cool. Yep, now yep. now at that point I said this is a very slippery slope. Uh huh. And I think I think there were there were zippers being undone. There was zippers. sexual innuendos going yeah, on, and, and and you know 
I thought that was kind of funny. The copycat game did get a little <laughs> little racy there towards the end. Yeah, yeah. And how how do you feel as as the the main event in that in that case? You know, oh, that was great. It, I so here's the deal, and here's for all you unmarried folk out there. <laughs> Don't let people just clink glasses and get away with it. Mm-hmm. Make the people earn it. All right. Some people do the sing a song that has the word love in it. Right. Some people do like we did the copycat. Some people do various things. Don't just let the eight-year-old start clinking glasses yeah. every five minutes. Copycat you... was great. Copycat was great. Yeah. So just keep that in mind, everybody. Don't let that happen. Mm-hmm. All right. So my hot, my Buffalo take of the week is, this might rub some people the wrong way, but I just, I want to point this out. At every wedding, right, you sit down, you have dinner, and at the end of dinner is cake and cupcakes, right? You, you go get yourself some sweets or whatnot. Yep. Did you get one? So I actually was so stuffed full of, Beer and, and food. I, I actually didn't even go Thank for you. It. Perfect segue yeah. because <laughs> if you have good food at a wedding, uh-huh. you do not need cupcakes and cake. Absolutely not. You do not need it. Well, I was like, this chicken is so good. Do I want this chicken or do I want this cupcake? Exactly. And it was easy. People always worry about, oh, I need to get a good baker. You know, like, what, what do you no. want the cake to look no. like? Just get yourself a little cake. Do your cake cutting ceremony because, mm-hmm. you know, get the pictures and whatnot. Of course. The... The 10% of people that really want a cake, they can eat that and you're done. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't spend your money on cake and cupcakes. I'm a sweets guy too. Yeah, everybody is, but you're drinking beers. Oh, gosh. Right? And you have spotted cow flowing. Spotted cow is sweeter than, sweeter than candy. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. So all you unmarried folk out there, just remember, you, you really don't need cake I'm and cupcakes. I'm taking note of that. I like take that. Take notes, take note. All right, what's your habanero take? Let's, let's spice it up. <clears throat> let's spice it up. Uh, so this is, I don't really want to talk to you directly here. I'm, I'm talking to the, the audience. The general audience, right. Phil drinks beer worse than Aaron Rodgers. Oh my uh, God. Uh, you know, oh my God. I don't know if you guys saw that. There was, there was a little toast. I walked up with my buddy Mitch and, uh, we, we actually waited for him to get his beer mug filled up and went up 22 there. ounce Stein. Ca- copy, 22 ounce Copycat. We're getting ready for it. We chug our beers and Phil, I don't know. Which even, you guys had about four ounces left each. You guys had half a beer when you were Granted, I was put on the spot, but still. <laughs> we, Phil, Phil maybe took two sips That's and not he tapped out. And I went a good eight ounces. Aaron Rodgers at least went in, I think, for a second round. He, so it shows he's a little bit of a he fighter. He had a small cup. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, fighter, Phil, give her upper. Is that a good word? That's not. None of that's accurate. And you know what? Give me mano y mano. Give me, we each fill up a glass, and then we go to town. But you guys put me, I didn't even have 20 ounces of room left in my stomach. For wow. That There's no way that I could have physiologically done that. And yet, I put down what I felt like was a pretty good effort. I, I just don't think we recognize how poor of an effort it was. I, I think that's important as, as, a, as a time filler podcast. We recognize that. I'll take my L. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my habanero take is <clears throat> one that a lot of people might not really appreciate how, how stingy this take is really going to be. I'm excited. So there's this big movement right now of people who are getting married where... It's a wedding movement. It's a wedding movement. Okay. Where they go, you know, oh, well, you know, for our honeymoon... You know, either we're going to do it in a few months or we're not going to do it at this time. We're going to do it later. Look, you get one chance to do a honeymoon and it's right after you get married. Mm-hmm. You can't say, oh, we waited to go on our honeymoon for a few months because whatever. Mm-hmm. No, that's not. That's a trip. You're going on a trip as a recently married couple, but not a newly married couple. Right. You're yeah. only newly married once. And if you don't go on a trip, then it's not a honeymoon. That that. 
I totally agree with that. It's it's this, and I get the right like financial well, stuff. Oh, totally, or, totally. You know, we I mean, like, just drop thousands of dollars on a wedding, and, and right, like, right. It's difficult, or maybe there's a certain time event that you yeah. want to go see. You know, oh, like I got a buddy that, you know, they they want to go do certain NFL games, and if you can't go to an NFL game afterwards, whatever. Right. Go on a little trip. Something. All, something. 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 I think, go to Door County. I think go that's a good to, point. Go to Duluth. Go do something. Otherwise, it's. I just don't know if it's a honeymoon. I mean, you don't. Yeah, you don't necessarily have to put it off, but just do no, something. Just do a little something. Something. Drive up the UP in Michigan. Yeah. Uper. Uper. <laughs> so that's yeah. all. And and to anybody who doesn't, they didn't do the honeymoon that might hey, be listening to this. No problems. I'm not gonna apologize because it's in a habanero segment. <laughs> wow. It wouldn't be a time filler episode without a little Packers recap. The Green Bay Packers were victorious over the Detroit Lions on Monday night on a last second time running out game winning field goal by Mason Crosby to take a 23 to 22 lead. First time the Packers had led in that game was as the clock expired, which is always cool when you're talking about an actual walk off in the NFL. A few points that I want to talk about in not only breaking down the game, but in looking at where the team is at currently is I want to talk about how Aaron Rodgers has been thus far this season, where the state of the wide receiver room is, and the really overwhelming prowess of the defense in terms of being a leader for this team. So to start with with Aaron Rodgers, the numbers would suggest that he's having one of the more down years of his career. Now, I don't think that any Green Bay Packers fan, at least, would say that he has been anything less than outstanding this season. And you can look at not only his completions to the receivers and running backs that he has to his disposal right now, but also some of the drops. Where he's placing the football right now is really quite outstanding. And a lot of the hype right now is around Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and some of these other up-and-coming quarterbacks. Don't write off the king just yet. He has really stepped his game up, and he's starting to really develop into the elder statesman quarterback, where he's not running as much. He is doing a little bit more from the pocket and working to limit some of the risk-taking that he hasn't ever really done, but that you might see from some you know, Ben Roethlisberger or Philip Rivers types. So I don't think that I'm being a homer when I say that Aaron Rodgers should very well be an MVP candidate this year. Now, part of the reason why what Aaron Rodgers has done has been so phenomenal is because of the receivers that he's been working with. Right now, in his receiving room, you have you know Devontae Adams, arguably a top five receiver in the league, out. You have Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who has really been a warrior in terms of fighting off what has been called a knee injury. But he, to begin with, isn't exactly a move-the-chains type. He's more of a big hitter type of receiver. Geronimo Allison, who, for better or for worse, has been the guy that Aaron Rodgers has trusted over the years. Not only did he get hurt last game, but he's had a big issue with drops. And then from there, it's all just undrafted folk heroes of the Packers that, you know, the Jake Kumaros and Darius Shepherds and whatnot. So... And then you look at the tight ends. Big Bob Tanyan was out of the game on Monday. Jimmy Graham has been atrocious, to say 
maybe the kindest word that I can come up with. He really, I mean, for being paid what he's getting paid, you would think that some of these contested jump ball type grabs he would be able to come down with. But I I guess we're just going to have to roll with it for a while because Rodgers still likes to throw him the ball and who Rodgers likes is generally who gets the ball. Um, And so everyone gives their take on, you know, who should they trade for? Who should they work to acquire on the free agency market? You know, Des Bryant, Emmanuel Sanders, all these big names that people throw out there. And I'm just going to lay this take out there. And this was something that my buddy Ross was mentioning to me. Just let Alan Lazard play. I mean, the guy coming out of, I believe, Iowa State was just an animal. Um, He has put in the work. He's been super involved with the meeting rooms and all of the preparation that goes into it. 6-4, runs well, makes the contested catches. At least until Devontae Adams gets back, in my opinion, he's your number two guy. Um, And you shake up that depth chart and... You let everybody know that if you're not going to produce, then you can hit the bench. Um, And so finally, then I'd like to just talk a little bit about the defense and why it is that they've been even better than what Packers fans have really realized. We've become so accustomed to Rodgers, Brett Favre, and the offenses of the Packers having to maintain and hold a lead, you know, and, and that really the game's are lost by the defense, won by the offense. It's, it's very rare that we see a game that's either lost by the offense or won by the defense. And it's it's so rare that we don't even know really what it looks like. And so when, when I go on Twitter and I see everybody lamenting about the state of whether it be the offense or you know the defense giving up a couple of touchdowns early in the game to a team, that'll happen in the NFL. But the Packers forced five field goals off of three turnovers by the offense they have been at the very least playing phenomenal situational defense and you can argue one of the best defenses overall in the nfl and the smith brothers as well as some of the corners and safeties on this team have really been coming up in big moments and making big plays while we wait for the sort of offensive explosion that everyone has been accustomed to and so the next time you sit down and watch the Packers game, try not to go into it with the fear that the defense is going to lose it as they have over the last really decade of Packers football, but rather go into it with some confidence that when J.K. Scott trots out to punt the ball away, that that's not always going to lead to seven points and that it could also be something that we build upon as we look towards securing a deep playoff run. Okay, so just a reminder of what's on tap here for the upcoming week. You have the Bucks finishing up their preseason on Thursday with a border battle against the Minnesota Timberwolves. That'll be played at 8 o'clock on FS1. That's going to be something, the Bucks, that is, is going to be something that we talk about a lot more next week on our season preview. It's probably not too big of a hot take to say that the Bucks are the best team in Wisconsin sports right now in terms of overall talent on the team, expectations going into the season, and then projections for playoff outcomes. And so I think that this is a team that we're going to be following very closely here on the time filler. 
On Saturday, the still undefeated Badgers are going to head to Champaign to beat a very bad, very bad Illinois team. It's going to be a noon game or an 11 o'clock start for the Central Time folks on the Big Ten Network. So you can already pencil in being able to go out and mow your lawn at halftime after Jonathan Taylor has already got his 200 yards and three touchdowns. And the Green Bay Packers will be hosting the Oakland Raiders at Lambeau, and that's going to be a noon game on Sunday. A little friendly reminder that the game is going to be a CBS broadcast rather than a Fox, so you won't be having to listen to Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, but rather you'll get Tony Romo and Jim Nance on the call. Always good to get Wisconsin native Tony Romo calling a Packers game. And so I just want to give a big thanks to the guests this week, Patrick and Nate. A big thanks to everyone who made the wedding and everything leading up to it as special as it was for Bailey and I. A special shout out to Nick Malm for getting me on the karaoke machine a little while. And to Alex Wolf for giving me a reason to sing one of my favorite Brooks and, Brun- Brooks and Dunn songs. Um, and to everybody that um, made everything special, just again, thank you. And as I said at the top of the show, we're going to get back to our regular scheduled and normal content next week. Thanks for trudging through this long episode. And go Pack Go on Wisconsin. Go Buffaloes. Adios.